in the last year, I have been pretty open about my faith journey. And I've shared a lot in conversations here on the podcast and on social media about the impact that my faith has had on my life in adulthood and the fact that I've grown a lot in my faith through grief over the last year or two. And one of the things that has been most transformative for me in my own personal journey, in my own personal faith journey, is scripture and memorizing scripture and diving into scripture. But I will be honest, even though I have a background in theater and have memorized many a play in my life or many a monologue, memorizing scripture was really challenging for me. And then I got connected with a company called Dwell and everything changed. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show's all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Vera Schmitz, the founder of Dwell, a membership service that helps people connect with God through scripture verse memory. She and her husband, Matt, live in St. Louis and are the proud parents to their joyful little boy, Isaiah. In 2012 and 2016, Vera actually had the privilege of trying out for Team USA in pole vault. And it was God who was her strength through every up and down on her journey. She would write verses on her arm and memorize them while training and competing. And when she retired from the sport, in 2016, she decided to share this passion with the world. She has a saying that goes, if having a strong mind is essential for sports performance, shouldn't it be just as important in all areas of our life? Man, from the first moment I chatted with Vera, I adored her and this conversation is going to encourage you so much. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Vera. Vera, I'm so excited to have you on the show finally. Yes, long time coming. Yes. I'm excited about it. Welcome. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. How are you this morning? You know, it's a great morning. I'm sipping my coffee, sitting in my office, which is my favorite (laughs) room in my house. So, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Exactly. (laughs) Now, we were introduced through Polly Connor, who I had on the show, I Goodness, was it a year ago? Was it two years ago? I don't even know. Uh, I think it was a year ago. Uh, but Polly from Thriving Home Blog and her, the author of From Freezer to Table, she is just yes. amazing and hilarious. And if y'all haven't listened to that episode, you should go back and listen to it because it was great. Um, yes. But Polly connected us and was just, she was like, you two need to meet each other. And you and I had a phone conversation a couple of months ago. And immediately yes. after we got off phone, I was like, I love her and I want her to be my friend. Um, <laughs> well, likewise. <laughs> um, so, Vera, you are the founder of Dwell Differently. Or I guess, do you just call it, do you say Dwell Differently or just Dwell? Just Dwell, but the... the um handle and the website is dwell differently. Okay. So do, I'm sure you maybe get that often where yes. people say like dwell differently. Um, and I am in love with your company so much. Oh. And we, you know, I, you had told me a little bit about the concept when we spoke on the phone. Um, yes. And then I actually got to try it out for myself, which we're going to get into all of that. But I just want to say like, I have just fallen in love with with your vision and your mission. And so I want my readers or my readers, I sometimes will say that here on the podcast and I'm like, wait a second. It's modern day reading. It's Molly. modern day you're, reading. You're a blog, you're a podcast. It's yeah. modern day reading. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have readers on the blog, um, yes. but the listeners here on the show, I want them to also fall in love as well. So I'm going to have you give the Vera 101. So tell us who you are and how Dwell got started. Okay. Um, the Vera 101, I like that. Um, so a little bit of background. Um, I trained as an athlete like my whole life, um, which a lot of people have. Like, grew up doing sports. Um, and in high school, or actually starting in middle school, I fell in love with track and field and pole vault specifically. Um, and so I spent 
my whole basically high school and college training in the pole vault and uh, my relationship with God was always kind of my root system um, when training and competing. Uh, anytime I go to a meet or go to practice, I would write scripture on my arm and try and like just make that my focus. Because sometimes when you're like, you have a grueling practice um, or you've got a competition that's really steep, um, it's important to like be in tune with what your thoughts are. Uh, and so I started doing that as early as high school. I always took verses with me. And my, t my sister um, was a very competitive um, martial artist. She was a, actually a world champion in Taekwondo. And she gave me this little piece of paper um, with a verse on it. And I carried that all through high school with me. Um, and then into college, I started to, you know, find new verses that, that meant something to me during different seasons. Um, and then post-college, um, after graduating from Indiana University, I went on to train for another, how many years? Five years? Um, and compete uh, at the elite level uh, and trained twice for the Olympic trials in the U.S. Um, and so during that time specifically, my, as my faith got deeper and as I, um, my competition got bigger, um, that was really my, my lifeline. Um, every time I was training or competing, it was, I had these verses on my arm and my sister-in-law came to me one day. She's like, Hey, you're like writing basically like a sleeve, like a tattoo sleeve, um, of verses on your arms. You should just take the first letter of every word and write those letters on your arm and it's not so much space. And actually then you'll memorize the verse instead of just read it. And I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. And so I started doing that and I was committing huge pieces of Bible scripture to memory. And I was like, man, this is brilliant. Um, and so then in 2016, after the Olympic trials, I, I retired from sport and, um, I was in a kind of a low place to be honest, when you've, trained your whole life for one thing. And here's the, the shocker or not the shocker, but the, uh, what's the word, the spoiler. I did not make the Olympic team. You probably maybe would know my name if I'd had, <laughs> but you don't. Um, but you train your whole life for this thing and it, it, it didn't happen. And so as much as I knew, um, that that was a possibility, um, it was kind of this shift where, um, I had to, figure out what was next. And during that time, even though I always knew my identity was in God, um, it was, it was a hard transition for me. And I just really relied on those verses. I was memorizing more verses than ever. And in God's word, like, what do you want from me? God, what do you want? What is next? And it just dawned on me one day, like, okay, what, what means the most to me? And it's, it's God's word. And I want to share that with people. And so Dwell was born out of that. Um, and so for those of you who don't know Dwell, basically we take the first letter of every word of a verse and um, create like a really unique, cool design. And then we put that design on temporary tattoos and a print and keychain. And then we send them out as a membership. And so every month you're memorizing new verses. It's written on your wrist and then... Um, it's in your pocket, on your keys, and on your mirror, in your bathroom, on the card, and um, slowly you memorize the verse every month. Um, and so that has been, it's just been such a beautiful way that God used what I learned as an athlete to kind of um, pour into the next season of life for me. That was really long-winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that is not, you do not need to apologize at all. That was uh, amazing. Um, gosh, there's so many things I want to unpack here because sure. just amazing. Uh, first, I want to say like how, we're going r real way back. Uh, how exactly did you fall in love with pole vault? Because I will be honest, like just as a, a non-athletic person. Okay. I mean, I played sports, but let's be honest, like running track and field. That is not where I shine. <laughs> not your jam. Not my jam. I played <laughs> golf. Okay. Like, hey. um, I played hey. softball and I was good at softball, but I did not make the high school team. No joke because I couldn't run a mile in under a minute or excuse me, eight minutes. Um, <laughs> girl, let me just tell you, if you want to see something funny, like watch me throw a ball or try to catch one, 
no, I can't do any ball sports. So it's just all what you know, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, like, how, at what point were you like, I want to try to fling myself with a yeah. stick over another thing? Like, you know, I, yeah, I want you to know, hurl myself it's, it's, over. We're a special breed, pole vaulters. Um, <laughs> But I grew up doing gymnastics, and so oh, okay. you're already that, a little bit psycho to do that. That makes and sense. And I grew, I got too big, to be honest. Like, um, I was a decent gymnast, but you got to be like four foot eleven for that, and yeah. I'm like five seven. So, yeah. um, in middle school, I remember watching the 2000 Olympics, and it was the first year that women's pole vault was an event. They they only did men's pole vault before that. And Stacy Dragila is her name. She was like my hero. Um, I remember watching her win the first Olympic gold in Athens. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I, I'm obsessed with that. Like, look what she's doing. She's, it's like, I liked to run too. We, you know, I grew up um, doing this thing called the little Olympics in my hometown where it's like a little track meet for elementary school kids. So I knew I liked to run um, and then gymnastics. And it was like uh, the two same, the things are together. This is perfect. This is for me. Um, and so seventh grade came around and they give you this pole and it does not look like pole vaulting in seventh grade. It's like, I mean, you're jumping like four feet off the stick, ground. I kid stick you not. You could probably jump higher without the pole than with the pole. It's stick um, stick hopping. That's what it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like puddle jumping. Um, and so, yeah, that's how it started. And I immediately took to it and was like, "This is this is everything to me. I love this. It's so fun." <laughs> that is crazy. I because I feel like I would just be terrified. I would be. I would be like, I'm gonna break my neck. Like that's what's gonna happen. Is I'm gonna fall and I'm gonna break my entire body. And I think. I think I would too, if I had come upon it at an older age, I would have been like, yeah, that's, that seems dangerous because even now in retrospect, I have not vaulted since the Olympic trials. I've not taken up one jump. Um, and now when I think about like, if I close my eyes and I try to visualize myself doing what I used to do, I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I used to do that. (laughs) But when you're in the seventh grade, you have, I mean, like the fear doesn't exist really yet. So no fear. um, You're, you're invisible at that point. Yeah, invincible. Exactly. So, I guess I should really actually say. <laughs> did you say invisible? I should, yeah, I said invisible, and I was like, wait, no, I mean invincible. <laughs> I mean invincible. I wish I was invisible I'm in tired. seventh grade. <laughs> seventh grade's tough sometimes. <laughs> Forgive me. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> Middle school would have been a lot easier had I been invisible. Right? So, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, let's not unpack all of my middle school no. angst. Um, hey, so, all of us. Okay, so you got into pole vault. This was something that you just began to really just dive into and Mm -hmm. just put your whole heart into it um did you now you talked about how your relationship with God was really your root system when you were training and competing and all of that um so had you grown up in a Christian home or like what was your faith journey early on yeah my parents were both Christians um and I just from a young age like probably I remember my sister, Natalie, who's actually my business partner um, now, she is 10 years older than me. I'm the, I'm the baby of five kids. Mm. Um, and so my oldest sister went to college when I was in elementary school, and she was not a Christian, um, but in college came to know God and I remember her coming home one weekend and sharing Jesus with me. And I had known God all along. I'd known Jesus all along. And I'd um, known I wanted to know God and, and, and be near to him. But I'd never been asked the questions of, like, do you, do you want to, like, commit your life to him? Do you want to give him your life? Um, and so I was probably eight, maybe. But I remember specifically sitting, I can like still see the moment. I'm sitting in my, my bedroom on my bed. My sister had just explained to me like this Jesus and um, how he lived the perfect life. And as a perfectionist, that resonated. Um, I was like, because I was always feeling the need to measure up. Even at, at a young age, I wanted to do everything right. Um, and knew I couldn't. And um, so this Jesus, you know, he lived this perfect life and he sacrificed his life for us, you know, who can't live the perfect life. And I remember sitting in my bed and having this fear of like, did I really, do I really believe? I think I believe like, 
And the verse um, that really stuck out to me at that time was about how if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to throw itself into the ocean and it'll do it. And I remember thinking, I don't have big faith, God, but like I can have a mustard seed size. Like I can do that, like a little tiny seed, I can do that. Um, And that was the beginning. And it has just been something that my entire life has been um, feeling the nearness of God my entire life. That has been so true every step of the way Mm. Um, and needing him and wanting to know him um, more than more than anything else. I mean, definitely there have time been times when pole vault specifically um, has been the most important thing in my life. And that's been times when I've been further away from God. Um, but he's gentle to always and good to always bring me back to what is true. That is really encouraging as a mom of young kids. Um, you know, I mean, I, I didn't grow up a Christian. My husband mm. grew up a Christian. Um, so our, our childhoods look very different, my husband mm-hmm. and I. And obviously I came to faith later in life. I came to faith in my mid to, mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot about, I guess I question a lot about how I'm raising our kids and I'm yeah. raising them to know Jesus, you know, but I, my, my prayer every day is that they grow up um, with a strong faith and a strong home mm-hmm. and that, you know, that my husband and I, like we live lives that are modeling what it looks like to walk with, with God. And, you know, I am quick to admit when I have screwed up and Mm -hmm. to to apologize to my kids and Mm -hmm. to point them to Jesus in every way that I can. Um, but I mean, I, I do, I have like that anxiety about, Oh man, what's it going to be like? Like when they are, you know, in their teen years and in college, like are they, and then the faith is no longer like, I have to really like let go of my own fear and my own anxiety over the, the, my kid's future and realize like, I cannot control how they're going to grow up. I can't control if they're going to choose to follow Jesus in their teenage years and in college and in their adulthood. I cannot control that. I can only do what I can control and that is how I live my life and the way that I talk to them and the way that I speak words over them and the way that I just point them back to Jesus and everything and say like I I am not perfect I will screw up all of the time like when Mm -hmm. when my kids make mistakes I'm like you are not perfect you will screw up all the time yes but freeing to hear that yes and (laughs) and but to just constantly point them to Jesus but um you know, it, it does like admittedly, like I, I have anxiety over that about like, what mm-hmm. will life be like for them? And, um, because we just, you know, as parents, like we want what's best for our kids. And so it's encouraging for me to hear about like you growing up in, in a very loving, like Christian home and how faith eventually became your own. Like you really right. took it on. And so, right. You know, my, my one, well, I think too, yeah. like every story is so different. Mm-hmm. And if you ask my mom, I mean, my parents were very, hands off parents. Um, and even with faith, like they always told us, this is what we believe. Um, but they, we weren't like super church goers or super like youth group kids or anything like that. Um, but I'll tell you what my mom did do, do. And I know my dad did too, but specifically my mom, um, she prayed for us all the time. Like Mm. that was her only prayer for us was that we would know Jesus. Mm. And all five of us lived very different, had different stories and paths to God. Um, but he was faithful to her prayers. And I know that that doesn't really weaken any of our fears and anxieties as parents, because we want, you're right. We want to control it. Uh, but I'm like, okay, what can I do about it? Like, and exactly what you're saying, you know, model it. And I think just those prayers are huge. And bringing the little children to God, like I always think of that, you know, like Jesus was like, bring them now, bring them yeah. now to me. Like now, I want them now. Um, and so I try not to discredit like how much, I mean, I was eight, like he did a work in me when I was so young, you know? So, yeah. um, I think you definitely have the ex- like spot on perspective of just being real with your kids about what does it look like to actually 
follow him. Yeah. And it, man, it's so hard. Um, oh, yeah. But one of the things that has been really key for me, especially in the last year or two, I mean, I had sort of started trying to memorize verses um, with Lily. So Lily is five and a half and Amos just turned three in February. And um, when Lily was, gosh, not even two, was she two? Yeah, I don't think she was even two yet. Or maybe, okay. She was two, uh, but like not two and itty a half. Bitty. She was itty bitty. <laughs> um, I had gotten these little like verse um, flashcard kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like not that she can read, but just to memorize short verses with her. And so I'd started doing that. And like we did really well for a while where we were memorizing like a verse a week. And so mm. she wasn't even two and a half and probably had like 10 verses memorized. Um, yes. But then life happened and it – I. I slacked off and mm-hmm. um, but I just was trying more and more to be really intentional about memorizing verses with her and 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 you know speaking those things over our kids like so I mean she was two and a half when we taught her the Lord's Prayer and like she memorized it really quickly she's just very quick to pick up on that kind of stuff um, hmm. Amos is three and he is nowhere near <laughs> like any she must take after you good with words yeah she yeah she's very very like she was super verbal really early whereas Amos just was not as verbal as she was like she was speaking full sentences at 18 months and at 18 months he was like mama like dada like he just was not where she was which is fine just every kid's different um but anyway I mean in the last year as you know my husband and I and our family like walked through uh the loss of two pregnancies in the second trimester and just all of the all of the the suffering that we felt in the last year I really just drew as closely as I could to God and so I just Mm -hmm. was trying in any way shape or form to memorize verses but it felt really overwhelming and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and so then when when I met you and we talked and um and then just I literally tried out my first dwell tattoo which was um Lamentations 325 the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him to the one who seeks him preach girl I literally memorized it within a day using Mm -hmm. the like and this sounds like very infomercial using the system that you've created Vera (laughs) I memorized 37 verses in 30 days um that's hilarious that sounds very infomercially um the way that I said that Uh, I'm really sorry um but really I mean I had the tattoo on and then I had the um I had the put the keychain on my keys I put the lock screen on my phone and literally within a day I had it completely memorized yes um and I'd never memorized anything that fast and I used to do theater like I used to memorize you know entire you know scripts um Mm -hmm. but I don't know what it is like it's just the 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 system of using the first letter like it's it's not even an acronym it's just I I don't even is there a word for it I think we've tried to find what it's actually called I think it's called an initialism um initialism but yeah I'm not even sure if that that's the full correct terminology but yeah (laughs) but I think that's correct it well we're gonna call it initialism but using that method of reading it first and then now knowing the first letter of each like it just it It clicked it works well and I think too like one thing from for a lot of people is the visual um, image it's because after you get a year into memorizing let's say like it's that that's a lot like 12 verses is a lot but when you see the the every month is a new design so um like the one that you memorize the lamentations 325 that the hope is in him is a different size font yeah. than the rest of it so like that that visual i mean we all know like visual cues are super effective in and learning um and so like that's the other component that we really wanted to make a part of it is like not just the first letter of every word but also this visual connection so that that is as soon as you see that again on your keychain six months later or a year later your your mind is um triggered you know for that verse 
Okay, I'm just breaking really quick with this conversation with Vera to take a moment to thank our sponsor, and that is The Root Collective. Now, as you know, The Root Collective is no stranger to this show, and Bethany Tran, who is the founder and owner, is one of my nearest and dearest friends. And I have been a huge fan and supporter of The Root Collective for years, and you can pretty much always catch me wearing their incredible shoes. Why? Because they are the most complimented pair of shoes that I own. And those compliments lead to a story about how my shoes are ethically made, empowering communities, and investing in change through job creation. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash TRC and use the coupon code PURPOSE20 for 20% off your order. That's PURPOSE20 for 20% off your order at stillbeingmolly.com slash TRC. Back to my chat with Vera. So I just... I, I mean, I shared a post on Instagram, like, because I just was like, I love this and I want everyone to do Which it. Which was so awesome. Oh, well, <laughs> well, you're welcome. Um, but it's amazing because I already have had um, a few readers reach out to me, like share, like texting or DMing me pictures of their tattoos. Yes. Um, I was just at the gym this morning and um, a friend from the gym was like, I got those, those dwell tattoos and I'm so excited to start mem- memorizing verses. And like, she showed me hers and I was like, this is so cool. Yes. Um, you know? And so it's just, it's an amazing way to connect with other people, but Mm -hmm. the importance of like binding that, that verse on your heart and on your mind. I mean, in Deuteronomy, it says like, literally write these verses on your forehead. Mm -hmm. Literally. I'm I'm not going to put the verse on my forehead, but like, let's do our arms. Let's do our arms. But it really does. It, it, it memorizing scripture is life changing. And mm. when we begin to think about God's word as his love letter to us and yes. his like over and over in the Bible, it talks about like the importance of memorizing scripture and the importance of putting these words on your heart. And it's so that when tough times come, like when you mm-hmm. go through suffering, it's not if you go through suffering it's when. because Jesus literally said, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say, right. you might have trouble. Maybe you'll have right. trouble. Like he said, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Like, and in order to do that, like when those tough times come, like we have to cling to the verses of scripture. And sometimes mm-hmm. like, I, this is something I've really talked about a lot in the last year about what worked for me personally as I experience suffering and I've gone through periods of suffering in my life and before I was a believer and I lost my mom and all those kinds of things Mm. like I ran from God I was mad at God I said I wasn't a Christian I was like I don't believe any of that stuff like any of that and I ran from him and I ended up in a really dark place and so when I went through suffering this time I was like well I have two options I can run from God like I've done before and I know where that gets me or I can run to him but like Mm. there are days and I've talked to so many people who are experiencing different types of suffering whether their Mm -hmm. marriages are going through a hard time or they have a loss of a parent or you know they're struggling with with their kids or whatever it is like they lose a job a lot of times like opening up the Bible is really hard like yeah because you're just going God why Like, Mm -hmm. why is this happening? Why am I going through this? And, but to have those verses memorized on your heart so that you don't, like, when it's hard to open the Bible, you can just literally recall them. Yes. Yeah, that's the the beautiful thing, Molly. And I'm so sorry to hear about the pain that you've experienced, but you're right. Like, in the good times, if we can stockpile hope, in our heart and in our mind, like those verses don't turn back void. They give us life and they give us hope. Like I said, um, and like even your little girl, like memorizing those verses, those are in her, like they're in her now for good. And who knows what suffering she'll encounter in her life. And it's like a, a song you you learn on the radio. It's like sometimes you can't even get them out of your head, and they just become your mantra. Um, and I I I uh, empathize and and feel the same thing you're feeling. Where like in those hard moments, it, it is hard to open your Bible, but just even just one verse, like one verse, can be all that it takes to be sustained. Yeah, it really is. So my question to you is, 
I, you know, I'd love for you to maybe just share as somebody who did grow up a Christian and, 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 you know, you don't, you really put all of your, your efforts and in, into pole vaulting and, but you, you know, you were binding God's word on your arm. And mm-hmm. I love, um, so you, you said, was it your aunt who, who suggested the first letter? My sister-in-law. Your sister-in-law. Yeah. Okay. I was, I don't know why I said thought aunt. Um, it's all good. <laughs> um, but can you talk about maybe some times in whether it was, you know, during your younger years or in adulthood when your faith was really tested and how what you did during that time? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I think uh, there were seasons in competing that were hard, like where um, you get into these slumps. So for for example, in 2016, um, when I was trying to make the Olympic team, um, I had like one of the worst years I've ever had of competing. Um, so bad. So that like the way it works to make it into the Olympic trials, you have to jump so high by a certain date and you can jump it in as many meets and competition as, as you want to get that qualifying height. And you have a year to do it basically. Um, I had such a hard year that year that I did not jump the qualifying height until the absolute last day to jump the height. <laughs> like in the very last meet, probably the last meet going on in the U.S. where I could have qualified, um, I jumped this height. And quite honestly, that period leading up to that meet was really tough. It was tough because... Um, doubts are creeping in all the time. Like these little um, lies that, that are being said in your mind, like, oh, did you waste four years of your life? You're not even going to qualify for the trials. Mm-hmm. Like you're not even getting into the trials or, you know, like what if I don't do it or, you know, all of these things. Um, and it was scripture that I used to combat those things. Yeah, It was telling myself the opposite of those things that were true in God's word. Um, and the craziest part of that whole journey was, so I, I jump it on the last day. I, I had needed to jump 14 feet, nine and three quarters inches. And I do it on the last day. It's a lifetime best. It's like this super momentous event. And the next, so when in pole vault, like if you clear the, the bar, they, they then bump it up higher. And so, um, I bumped the bar up to 15 feet, which was like my life goal. I had always wanted to jump 15 feet. Um, Stacy Dragila, the woman I was talking about earlier, she was the first woman to ever jump 15 feet, um, when I was in seventh grade. And so in my mind, I was like, that was like the thing, like, oh, if I could jump 15 feet one day, that would just be incredible. Mm. And so we moved the bar up to 15 feet and I go running down the runway and take this jump and <laughs> I have never done this in my life. I roll my ankle on the pit. I miss the the bar and I completely just trash my ankle. And I literally have never sprained my ankle in sports. And from that, from making that bar to blowing my ankle up was about five minutes time of like celebration. And then all of a sudden I'm looking down at my foot and it's the, it's twice the size it was, five minutes before and the Olympic trials are in 13 days. <laughs> and so I had this choice to make, um, where I had felt God strengthening my mind probably for six weeks going into that last meet where I just felt like, uh, razor sharp. Like I am committed to believing all the good things for my life. And in that moment I had a choice, like was I going to pout and, and roll my eyes and be upset and mad at God that this just happened 13 days before the trials? Or was I going to keep moving forward? And it was the most beautiful thing. Um, those 13 days were, were intense. Like I showed up to the Olympic trials on, on crutches. Like I couldn't even put weight on my foot mm. yet. Um, and it was God that was my like I said, like my root system, it was, I was just keeping his words rolling through my mind all day, every day. Um, and, and the story ends by, uh, I didn't make an Olympic team, but I went out and I cleared one bar. Like I, I literally was on crutches. I got some, 
um, like numbing agent in my ankle. I we tight, wrapped it up as tight as I could, couldn't feel it. it. Went down, took a jump, and cleared one bar at the Olympic trials, um, and that was it. And but I could walk away from that experience knowing it wasn't about making an Olympic team. It was about learning that God is the one. Mm. He's the one who sustains me. He is he is the prize at the end. It wasn't an Olympic team. He's yeah. the prize. He's what what I long for. And that was the seed in me that was watered that day that Dwell has grown out of. Mm. Um, and so it's just this beautiful thing where it's like you don't know when it's going on what's what God has next. Yeah. Um, but in retrospect, um, that was just it was the perfect story. Um, and I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't even change it for an Olympic team. Yeah. And I love just knowing how, you know, you had worked your whole life. Well, Mm. a good portion of your life for this dream, for this dream to clear this number, to go Mm -hmm. to the Olympics, all this stuff. But meanwhile, also during this time, you're literally doing while you're pole vaulting, you're doing what you're doing now. You were yeah. writing these scriptures on your arm and you yes. began memorizing these verses. And so it was like God was preparing you all those years for what you're doing now. And mm-hmm. he was writing a different story. And I think all the time about like how we have these plans that we think are really cute. And yeah. <laughs> and God's like, that's hilarious yes. that you think that you are capable <clears throat> of doing this. And instead, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm in awe of, of God continuously, but to know that he was writing this story all along. And yes. then here you are now, you've created a company based off of something that you'd been doing for years and you're now inspiring, you know, hundreds of people, if not thousands of people to now do this on their own as well. And so that is going to have a ripple effect for generations to come. And like, that is incredible. That's it. When we started, I was like, man, if I could just help one person and that's, that's it. It's like, God cares about every, like he cares about the one. Mm -hmm. I mean, he cares about all of us, but he cares about the one person. And so it's like, man, I'm just, I'm going to move forward on this. I don't know if it's going to be a thing, but if I can just help one person to know God, to connect with God, then it's a win. And, um, that's it, man. It's like, there's nothing else that really matters. (laughs) It just is true. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Amen. Um, and also while you were, launching this company, you also had some pretty big stuff happening in your oh, personal life as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, God, he's crazy sometimes. <laughs> um, so we launched in December of 2017. Um, so like you could sign up during December and then, you, you know, all of our members get their membership on the same day. Like the first of the month, your membership arrives in your mailbox. And so we were taking on our first members and signing them up, um, in December. And then January one, um, everybody got their first membership. And so that was like kind of a crazy time. You know, you're like making sure everything is, you know, rolling the way it should and everything. And, um, after the Olympic trials in 2016, my husband and I had decided we were ready for a family. Um, we'd been married for four years at that time. And, um, we were just like, yes, let's do this. And so we were like, we always knew we wanted to adopt. Um, my, my, one of my sisters had adopted when I was in college and even before then it just was always something that I kind of had on my heart. And so after the trials, we started trying to get pregnant and we also got an adopt or a home study done and, and started working with an agency and we were like, whatever God wants, if we get pregnant, great. If we adopt, great. Like let's just roll. Um, and so Flash forward to January of 2018, and on January 28th, we got a call about a potential placement, and then December 31st, we brought home our son, which is like the most amazing thing. Wait, you said January? Wait, 31st. January 31st. Okay. I was so like, we had like wait. a three three days he- heads up, kind oh of. Like goodness. it was like, hey, this is a maybe 
um, just be ready. And then we met him on the 31st and we brought him home that same day oh my goodness. Um, with like nothing. Cause our agencies kind of, their advice is like, don't like get your hopes up and like have a nursery because that can be hard to like walk past every day. Yeah. Um, and so we just were like, yeah, we'll just roll with it. And so, um, yeah, we literally had nothing. <laughs> um, and that was an amazing time of friends just being supportive and uh, bringing all the things we could possibly need down to breast milk. Uh, one of my friends had just had a baby and she was giving us all the breast milk. Um, but yeah, so that was, it was like just this whole new world right there. Um, and the most amazing thing that I've experienced in life was that day. Um, just seeing God's goodness and yeah. seeing him show up and, and show himself. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that's a big thing to walk into. And our son was 10 months when we brought him home. Um, but just saying, okay, God, I trust that you are going to show us what you have for us. And he just, man, he just showed up. It was, Mm -hmm. it was really a special, special day. Wow. Vera, what a story. What a story. Oh man. Well, I, like I said, I am just so continuously inspired by what you're doing and I loved well so much. Um, so obviously for listeners, I will have the information on how you can sign up for dwell. Um, it's super affordable. Um, they have like an individual plan and then also like a friends and family. So if you want to memorize scripture with your family members, if you want to memorize scripture with some friends, um, you Mm -hmm. can, uh, you can buy the friends and family package and it's like only a what it's like eleven dollars. I mean, it's yes, like super. The individual is seven a month, and then the um, family is eleven. And yeah. if you've got little ones, like I promise you, like I got, the, I have nieces and nephews who are like five who are they're stockpiling some verses. Man, it's so cool. It's I love so it. So cool. <laughs> oh, I love it so much, Vera. Um, yes. So thank you. Yes, I just can't. I just want to see everything you're doing grow and grow and grow and grow because you're changing, you're changing lives. It's amazing. Thanks Molly. Well, and the thing too, like one last thing about it that has been our surprising favorite thing about dwell is, and I didn't anticipate this. I don't know why I couldn't like foresee that this was going to happen, but people always ask you, Hey, what's your tattoo me? Mm, Yeah. And that is just so fun to be like, yeah, it's a Bible verse. Let me show you. And sometimes people give you a weird look and other times they're like, wow, that's really neat or whatever. And it's just an opportunity for you to share like the reason that you have hope in your life or whatever. Like it's just a great talking point, which has been super fun. Now, do you personally do the designs? Like do you, and do you select the verses each month yourself or do you have like somebody that you yeah so I do all the designing um my sister Natalie does all of the content writing she is the smarty pants um and she's she's a pastor's wife so she's got a little bit more validity in terms of like okay what does this verse actually mean she actually knows those answers better (laughs) than I do (laughs) um so yeah she does the writing I do all the design and kind of the you know, the managing the social media and managing our, um, kind of our accounts that are like, um, we have some youth groups who subscribe or our members, um, or we do conferences and, and like custom orders for like a women's retreat and that kind of thing. Um, and so I, I handle most of that, but the design stuff, um, I do. And then my aunt is a, an amazing artist and I bounce everything off of her. I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this? And she'll, help me tweak it. Um, she's such an awesome resource. Like, I don't know what I, everything I know that's like anything about design has come from her pretty that's much so or my cool. mom. My mom's also an artist. That's so cool. So, Oh, I love it so much. Um, okay. Vera, this has been amazing. Um, but before we go, uh, we're going to yes. transition just a little bit to okay. my favorite. Well, I mean, I love everything about doing this show, but this is my favorite portion of the show because I get to just ask you some fun get to know you questions yes I love it so this is also as my listeners know at the portion of the show where my executive producer husband inserts some sort of sound effect or uh you know like quote or movie clip or something like that to transition us to the get to know you round we never know what it's going to be it's always a surprise so (laughs) I love that Vera 
Are you ready? I'm ready. That's what I dug this year, the pole vaulting. I was like, man, you know, they had one bro doing it, but I was like, you know, it just ain't enough bros pole vaulting. You know, that really ain't our thing, jump up on no pole, you know, but if we, but if more of us did pole vault, you know that we'll probably end up using it for evil. You can jump up two, three stories just with a stick. Our baby mama never could get away from us, nigga. We'll be outside the apartment. Keisha, Keisha, I know you up there. Okay, would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? Oh, that's impossible. <laughs> that's like, you can't do that. Um, but I will say this. I, my grandmother is Mexican, mm. and so I have pretty easy access to tacos. Some pretty life. easy, ta- um, some pretty delicious tacos. Yeah, so I would have to say sushi because I don't, make my own sushi so unlimited sushi I would say all right I think that's good that's fair that's fair yes um okay so in the same vein as memorization um what cheesy song do you have totally memorized oh man well yes there's plenty I I personally love to memorize rap music so (laughs) (laughs) judge me or don't judge me I don't know but I definitely have all of eight mile um lose yourself from Eminem memorized (laughs) from my freshman year of high school um that was like my anthem when I was training and track that was like I know every stinking word to that and I have karaoke'd it at times that's amazing (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. I'm here for that. Um, okay. If you had a time machine, what period would you visit and why? Oh, that's a good question too. Um, hmm. Wow. Um, probably, gosh, all of them, but time machine. <laughs> you know what? I might go back not even that far. Like I would love to see my parents young like I would love to see my parents yes knowing each other they met in high school were high school um sweethearts and they went to different high schools but um I would just so what is that 1973 four somewhere in there um just yeah just take a little trip back and be able to fly on the wall to see them I love that that's perfect that is great um okay what isn't real but you desperately wish it was. Oh, man. What isn't real? Hmm. Probably this is, I'm a real nerdy, Harry Potter. Like That's hilarious. I just have to be honest. Like, that popped into my head. I was like, don't say that. You're, you're not going to say that out loud. And then I had to. <laughs> I mean, I just went and saw one of my good friends here um, invited me to go to the St. Louis Orchestra to see Harry Potter at the St. Louis Orchestra where oh, they like, awesome. I had no idea what I was signing up for, but they play the m- movie and then the music is all played by the orchestra. It's incredible. And I was, I like, those books came out when I was in elementary school. So like there were only two books out when I st- first started reading it. So it kind of grew up with Harry Potter So, yeah, I think I need to go to Universal Studios so I can go to Harry Potter World. Yes, I want to go to Harry Potter World so much. I love Harry Potter. My husband does not understand. He's like... He's like, why do you like Harry Potter so much? People who don't know, don't know. And that's okay. into it. But I cannot wait till my kids are old enough to be able to read the Harry Potter books. Like, I'm I'm like toying around with the fact. I'm like, all right, Lily's almost six. Like, can I start reading Harry Potter to her? Or is she too young? Yeah. I don't know. I wish Voldemort wasn't so scary. See, that's the thing. He's he's brutally scary. He's real scary. So she, I feel like, is just a hair too young because she gets scared real easily. Um, yeah, she's getting better, but cause like definitely, uh, when we watched like Moana, like the lava monster terrified her, but it doesn't scare her as much as anymore. So I don't know. Right. You know? I, yep. But Voldemort is scary. So I feel like, and the, like the dementors and things like yeah. that. I feel like she just legit, went, like I'm scared. I'm a 31 year old woman <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, I do not judge you at all because I really <laughs> want to go to uh, Harry Potter world. Um, I'm like, I'll go by myself. It's fine. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, Vera, this has been Fantastic. Um, so my last question before we go is what are you most grateful for and why? Oh man. Like, how do you even answer that? 
Um, I'd have to say I am most grateful for probably my husband. Um, he is just, he's the man. He's like, I tend to be a person who um, can get worked up about things. It's the perfectionist and perfectionism in me, um, or I, I tend to worry. Um, I'm working on that, and I'm getting better. I think with age, like, that doesn't affect me quite as bad. Um, I'm way quicker to give things up to God. But my husband is, like, the happiest, most joyful, positive person on the planet, um, and it actually, when we first got married, it used to drive me crazy. Like he literally starts the day, like singing and whistling, um, like a cartoon character. And I used, it drove me crazy for a long time. And then I just decided, you know what, I'm going to start singing with him. And it's kind of changed me. Like I've definitely become a more joyful, positive person because of him. And I'm just so grateful every day. I'm like, man, I'm so thankful I didn't marry somebody like myself. Because he just brings me up. So, yeah, definitely my husband. He, he's the, he is such a joy. And um, just seeing him with our son is like, it's just a really, really neat time of life for us. I think that's amazing. I love it because I'm also thankful for my husband. So I appreciate yes. that. Um, well, like I said, Vera, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and for all that you are doing to impact so many people. Oh, thank you for having me. It was really fun talking with you. I told you, you guys would love Vera. She is just such an incredible powerhouse. I love her heart for people and for the Lord and for scripture and just, oh my goodness, I could talk to her all day. I would love to know what you personally loved about this episode or maybe something that you learned or connected with. So let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. And don't forget to support our sponsor, and that is The Root Collective. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash TRC and use the coupon code PURPOSE20 for 20% off your order. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you are subscribed. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review of the show? <laughs> Leaving a review actually really just helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. As always, this show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media with support from Mark Haywood. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose. Purpose.